been doing it much lately no i think as anybody who's following will recognize again because of how <laughs> infrequent we're putting episodes out that's even less frequent than we're actually recording so <laughs> like we have right. to record tonight because we almost have nothing in the bank so 67 <laughs> is very tough yeah it's harder than i thought it would be honestly yeah. i was like, oh, it's a it's a it's a new year but it's the same same old same old shtick and uh it's a different shtick yeah no, I'm I'm optimistic season three will get back to where we were because we'll pick a year that we can really knock out topics. But this yeah. one, it's like every week it's like, well, we should like, and you know, we should record and then we don't. And then it just keeps going. And like, I, I think the last one we recorded was like three weeks ago. Oh, my God. Was it really? I mean, it's been a while. So that's why we're so behind. So but this yeah. holiday weekend, we're going to try to knock out two. So <laughs> fingers crossed we'll uh, if that yeah. actually works. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like we just needed we need a little 67 momentum. Yeah, that's it. Once we get a little momentum going, you know, we yeah. we figure out what we're doing. We get some ideas ahead of time. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. And and I mean, what's going to get us more momentum than a 67 musical uh, talking about a musical, which yeah. is definitely an easy thing to do? Well, I feel like here at the end of democracy. Yep. With the world on fire. Yeah, I feel like doing the you know counterculture protest musical of all time maybe that fits maybe it just works yeah. you know it's th there is no more a piece of theater that is about just accepting everybody and everyone has should have all the rights to do anything yes. than hair hair is it yeah right no it, it it's a good point i as i i found as i was researching this and thinking about the things that they were protesting i was like oh, those things aren't that bad because that's where we are. Oh, right. oh, there was a war. Oh, um, yeah. Well, there are wars now too. And guess what? Democracy's ending. Here at the end, on the deathbed, I feel it's time to let's dredge up some old feelings <laughs> and uh, and get into it. Yeah, it's. I think even when this show has been revived, it's usually revived around like a time of war. That's just yeah. what where it becomes you know relevant again. And right now is not that, but. No. But again, I still feel it's like there's a feel goodness to it. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I agree. So hair, I think, you know, is more associated with the 60s than in really any other musical. Yeah. Even though it's not like any other, you know, like, I think you can point to like 60s musicals and be like, well, Fiddler on the Roof was a more popular musical. Like, there's a lot of bigger shows, but there's nothing more 60s than yeah. hair. 
No, it does feel like everything that you know about the 60s happens in this play, right? Like they're they're protesting the war, somebody gets drafted, there are drugs, there's a, a sexual revolution, you know, all of that, that, you know, uh, we're, we're driving you know, equality and representation. Like it's, yeah, it's all in here. It's all yeah. in here. And like it's in the play and it's like in the world of the play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, the actual piece of theater itself was so revolutionary that it's an odd thing for like, it's almost like when they say things like, well, if they didn't, you know, if, if it's like something had to be the first thing to get there, like, you know, yep. if it wasn't for the jazz singer, something else would have been the first talking movie. Yep. There's no real indication that without hair, this ever would have happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, who knows? Because there really wasn't anything like it again. Yeah. And I don't know that it kicked off a run of stuff. There's other things you could say were kind of inspired by hair, but there's not yeah. a lot. It's it's a very distinct singular thing. Yeah. Well, so that's it. I mean, it was it's let's name it like it was the first real rock musical, right? I, I mean, it's basically credited that way. I, again, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not enough of a I, I'm I'm a, a a fan of popular musicals. I'm not a musical historian enough to say yeah. if that's actually true, but that does seem to be what it often gets credited with. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. the first real popular rock yeah. musical. And I think it was the first musical to emphasize diversity in their cast. And, and it's it's not just diversity in the cast like in today's Hamilton, where just everyone's diverse and it doesn't matter what part you play, you know, and all that. But but actually, there were songs about diversity and race and in the in the musical, which I, something I was reading was uh, described this as like one of the best opportunities for like black actors on Broadway at the time, because there just wasn't a lot of that. No, you can't really go back. You find musicals from before this time. There might have been black characters, but they weren't doing anything besides real like yeah. hacky stereotype type roles. It was, it was really not, it's not, it, you know, broad musical theater was not something for diversity before yeah. this. And I mean, you can make a case that it didn't really get there for a little while after this either, but for a show to really tackle that as a topic, as a subject and yeah. in such visceral in such a visceral way, yeah, I think is really like, there's a lot of hallmarks to what hair was, but you know, I, I think that is one of the big takeaways for the the sixty seven ness of it. I don't yeah. know that this show often gets even credited with being a sixty seven show. We just happen yeah. to find that its first off Broadway pr uh, production was in sixty seven. Yeah, because it didn't get to Broadway till sixty eight, and then the movie was way later. So I don't know where people put this, but I think it, yeah. it gets more lumped in with sixty eight, sixty nine. Yeah, well, than it was the real interesting because they mentioned sixty eight in the right. show, and I thought that was weird because if it if it started in 67 was written before that, why would they set it like two or three years in the future? But that's what, I mean, that's what they did. Well, I mean, the other thing was that this was a show that was constantly rewritten. Like this yeah. is like leaves of grass. Like this thing never <laughs> was, was set in stone the entire run of the show. Like yeah. even into its first revival, which was 10 years later, yeah. they were still tinkering with it. So, so the basic history of this show, as I understand it, the two guys who are mostly credited with writing it, were uh, Jerome Ragney and James Rado. Actually, the reason we're doing this is James Rado just died. He died like oh. two, three weeks ago. He was like 90. Yeah. Uh, Ragney died in the 90s, so he died some time ago. But they're mostly credited with this. They were both actors. They had done some plays together uh, in New York, and they were friends. And so they started writing this show, uh, and they wrote 
all of the songs and like they have a there was a, 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 a they had a collaborator was a person named Galt McDermott who did a lot of the music too but they're okay. mostly credited as the creative forces of this show they were ca- they were in the original Broadway cast as the main characters like they they were this whole show oh I didn't realize that they were in it too like, yeah, yeah I love they the, were I love uh, a a creator that that casts themselves in the show like that's yeah. just it's a, it's a good move so they they didn't really have a lot of writing credits before this and they don't have much afterwards <laughs> hair is it like hair is their whole career and that's all it needed to be yeah but but that's how that's how the show came together was they wrote it and they were in it so they could constantly rewrite it i think otherwise casts would be upset Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do, I mean, new pages like, are coming every day. You know? that, that's the other part, though. Like, I'm not a creative type, but you are. Can you imagine needing to perform something that you wrote over and over and over again? Like you, yeah. you are someone who tends to want to change things about things you've you've written. Um, I I can't imagine just like if there's one line that you hate, you have to live with it forever. Like yeah. that must be torture. Setting stuff in stone. I I've only I've been in a couple plays I wrote. It was a long time ago now. But the the big disaster of my theatrical career was I wrote this long ass play called Play for Night and I put it on and we staged it and because I was there all the time and I think I directed that we changed it constantly and it yeah. drove me crazy. Like, cause it wasn't, first of all, the play wasn't any good. And second of all, I was in it and I wrote it and it was like, but I, you know, I was trying to, you know, we were just yeah. putting on shows, but it was con it was like, you know, I also wanted everybody's feedback as we're doing it, like what works and what doesn't. And so this gigantic play did get whittled down to, I think it was still two and a half hours. It's still oh a huge, <laughs> an unbelievably long play, but it was originally like a four hour play. It was unbelievable, but but yeah, like, and it's, it's a nightmare. It's a terrible way to do things. Like, you know, like you keep workshopping it. Don't just start staging it, but we, yeah, let's give it a shot. So. Oh my God. I can't imagine being like your parents going to that Having play. To see that. If it was, I mean, at two and a half hours, that's a long play, but if you had left it at four hours long, even as my child, I would have hated you by the end yeah. of that. Yeah. I mean, another fun story. I was in an adaptation of A Tale of Two Cities at uh, at a theater in Scranton. I was I was Charles Darnay. I was in the play. And that was another show that kept getting changed. We did three weekends of that. And for you know, for a little amateur theater, that's a lot. And after the first weekend, they cut out, I want to say an hour of the play, because the first act was two and a half hours long. Oh, my God, half the audience left like it was hor- it was unbelievably long. And I think it was a pretty good play. But it was way too they tried to do the entire book. Oh, my God. <laughs> so all respect to, to that group. But I, you know, it was, it was way too much. And like, that was another one on the fly. They got to start cutting scenes because it was just too much. Oh, I think this is why we don't go to more like experimental and local theater, like all credit, but I cannot, I cannot, I cannot live through that. Yeah. I, I I like the idea of long plays, but actually sitting through it. Remember the Goodman did that show a couple years ago. It was like eight hours long Yeah, and I kind of wanted to see it. It was based on that book. Um, can't remember the name of it but i remember the play was eight hours long and it had like an inter it had intermissions like three or four (laughs) intermissions or something and i kind of wanted to go but like it's such an endurance test i was like oh i don't i don't know it's a fucking work day like no thank you yeah it's too much but didn't we go see the seagull and that was really long was it the seagull the seagull was long iceman cometh was four hours long yeah 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 yeah. I, I mean, some those old, you know, old Eugene O'Neill checkoff yeah. plays, you're going to get that once in a while. But, yeah, yeah. But Hair, considering how many songs it has, isn't that long of a oh show. God. It's like, so many songs. It has so man, many songs. An unbelievable number of songs. Isn't it like 23? There's 32 songs. Wait, there's 32 songs. <laughs> and the best many. thing, the other thing I ran across is that 
uh, I don't know who put this out, but but so the the cast album when it came out was a huge success because it has all these big hit songs. Yeah. But then two years later, they put out another album called Disinherited with hair highlighted, <laughs> and that album had twenty more songs that were oh cut out God. of the show. <laughs> like, there's fifty songs that can, that can comprise hair, and that's why in the movie and in all these other yeah. revivals of it, there's all different versions of like collections of songs. Like, there you'll always have Aquarius, but there's always all of these yeah. other songs. So yeah, it's that's a crazy cool. production story here. I love it. It's like yeah. a choose your own adventure uh, when you put on those the, that play. You can do whatever you like. Well, all right. Sh- should we talk plot? Should we talk plot? The plot is I, I I realized after when we picked the topic and we were given we were looking at stuff, we decided how to break up what to talk about. And I think I gave you the uh Smallest unfortunate part. task of <laughs> trying to rec- task. can you recount the plot of the play? I can I can sort of recount the the plot of the play. So like the basic the main characters are three main characters. There's a woman named Sheila, and then there's two men, Claude and uh, George Berger, who goes by Berger, right? Yeah. And they the three of them I believe live together in the play. And the whole like the really the only plotty part of hair is. Uh, centered around the draft so at one point in the play they burn their draft cards Claude gets a draft card he like he puts it in the fire he pulls it out of the fire he, he's trying to decide what to do is he going to go on the draft and then he uh, so but other than that it's just like the other characters being hippies like that's all it is it's kind and, of philosophy right yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's philosophy it's it's sort of tone and imagery and and all yeah. that so they they sort of introduce all of the characters in the first act and then they've got a couple other people in the group who like there's a there's a pregnant lady and she's in love with claude or or burger i don't remember which but it's she's someone else's baby and there's sort of a love triangle with sheila and burger and claude and it's not exactly a love triangle but like there's crushes and so people are singing about love which is great you got to have that and so the first first act you sort of meet all the characters and and the the draft stuff is is started and then there's a period of time where claude is high and so there's a lot of high high songs and Mm. high high scenes where he like there's all this like basically it's almost like dreams like he sees teachers as nazis and like his parents are there and they have feeling and then like at one point there's a suit and they talk to the suit like it's their child like the whole it's he's high just let him be high yeah and so and this is all well he's decided what to do at the end of the play he cuts his hair because he talks a lot about how his hair is so important to him but he cuts his hair he joins the the military he goes to vietnam and then you they don't show it but you assume that he dies because they end it with him like laying on the stage in a black cloth or black table or whatever Mm -hmm. um and so he dies um r.i.p club and that's it for plot like that is very little plot for a 32 song play yeah and like like there's a lot of songs in this that you would know that are popular yeah. songs oh, yeah. of the time. Like that that was the real hallmark of this show. This yeah. show didn't live and die on that plot. Like no, 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 because no. it's really not. It's that, and it's the sensationalism of the show. That's what drove yeah. the show. Yeah. So they they said that when from the off to your point about rewriting from the off Broadway to the Broadway version, they actually took plot out of it. Yeah. <laughs> we did Too much less plot. Of this. Too much yeah. plot. Too much um, plot, and there was no nudity in the original. Yeah. In the yeah. original version of the play, which this is the thing this show is known for. Yes. It's the one big nude scene. Yeah. End of act one. Everybody takes their clothes off. I, I was reading that like performers 
are typically given the option as to yeah. whether or not. And so it was like the French performance was the nudist one, sure. um, the nudiest. And in the London performance, they were having trouble getting people to take off their clothes, which yeah. makes sense. There were some shows where, uh, oh, where was it? It was in like Switzerland or Sweden or somewhere, um, somewhere in Europe where they thought they uh, that it wasn't enough. And so the the show typically starts with the actors kind of in the audience and mingling among the audience. And, and then they sort of all come slowly to the stage to start the show. And so the actors were doing that naked <laughs> at the nice. beginning of the show. And I was like, mm, that's that's intense. That's, <laughs> that's tough. I, I don't know that I want to go to a play, even if I know there's nudity in the play and just have like a guy's dong, like right by my face, like, as he's walking up the aisle. No, thank theater, you. man. You gotta just go with it. <laughs> I remember we went and saw that play at Steppenwolf right before the pandemic. Um, yeah. Bug, I think it was called. Yeah. Yeah. And those characters are naked the whole play basically. Yeah. And like, but after like the first couple minutes, I didn't really think of anything of it. No. Like at first you're like, Whoa, like, you know, but after that, I was kind of like, ah, but so hair where there's very little nudity by comparison. Um, yeah. I, I think you get used to it. I think you'd, you'd start digging the vibe. Yeah. I mean, the thing about bug is they were on stage, which yeah, they is weren't fine. mingling. That's true. It's the mingling of it that I don't appreciate. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable to have naked people right by my face. No, oh, well, see, you're, that's, not... that's, that's maybe that's your problem, man. Maybe you're <laughs> the <right>. square. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should embrace naked strangers more. You're right. No, not, not literally. <laughs> Leave naked strangers. Don't embrace, shake their hand. Maybe that's as far as you should go. Otherwise, ooh, you know, uh, I can't sing. So I never would have had the option to do this, but yeah. I don't know. I don't think that would have held me back. <laughs> I think I, I would have been all right. I, I think, think I, I could have done that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that was not, that was not a hang up for me, but yeah, uh, no. the hang up would have more been, I can't sing. <laughs> So, yes, I would have made it hard. Yeah, yeah. My you my know, participation I, in hair would have been bad. I had a friend who was in a college performance, like a college production of hair, and then I went to see, and I think they got naked, but I don't remember. It was in 20 college? years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was at UAlbany. And I but I don't remember. Uh, how do I not remember if they got naked? I feel like I would remember. Well, the only time we've <laughs> seen hair on stage was part of a product like a Broadway in Chicago package thing. And it was right after like the big revival in New York, which was like yeah. 2009. So it was a couple yeah. years after that. And we went and saw the play. It was the only time I've ever seen it on stage. And at the end of the first act, everybody gets naked. And right after that, there's the intermission. And Sarah turns to me and goes, I think that guy was naked. And I go, Sarah, they were all naked. <laughs> and so I think in Albany, maybe if you just didn't know it was coming, because apparently you didn't, maybe it just didn't happen. Okay. Or maybe everybody was naked and you were just like, wow, well, whatever. To be fair, you were thinking about I something else. <laughs> we were very far away one and and two i just i wasn't scanning the stage so i just happened to look at that one guy and it looked like he took his pants off and i was like mm. oh my god that guy took his pants off and it was the guy in the back like it wasn't oh. even in the front there but, was yeah. plenty of foreground nudity in that place. yeah i yeah. just didn't notice i guess yeah, yeah fair and I didn't, I forgot that that was like the famous thing about hair, maybe because it didn't happen the other time I had seen it, but I don't, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it. Fair enough. There's not a ton of shows I think that really have, are famous for that. Yeah. Right. It's hair and O'Calcutta. Those are basically it. And O'Calcutta. And Equus. I think you can do Equus without the nudity though. I don't, oh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there always is the nudity in Equus, but Equus is a play. Equus isn't a big 
a big hit musical, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so it's not quite the same thing. But, I mean, to your point, that's fair. Like, I mean, Bug is a completely naked play, and that's a, become yeah. a fairly known play. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just saying there's not a lot of shows. Yeah. Like, there's no, not, no. like, a Miss Saigon that's also everybody's naked that, you know, became a huge <laughs> success. It just doesn't exist. There are these couple shows from back then. I've never seen Oh, Calcutta, so I don't know what that is exactly. But that's yeah. another show that ran forever, and it's just famous for having nudity. So yeah, yeah. Um, so listeners, when you go see Hair, end of get ready for the end of Act One. <laughs> get on Dong Watch; those dongs are coming. You're gonna get to see them. Dong Watch. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, the so that's I mean, for what it is, that's the plot of this show. Again, yeah. that's not why people saw the show. I mean, <laughs> I think again, it was the culture of the time. Yeah. And, you know, people are looking for something that, you know, yeah. reflects the time. And, you know, Hello, Dolly just isn't that, you know, no, like, what else can no. you do? I did think, let me just say, I did think it was bullshit that they sent Claude off to war. Like, yeah. there's no way if he's being true to his character that that dude wouldn't have burned his draft card. I'm just going to call it. Um, disagree with the main plot point of hair. Um, but what they did, so the they did do a movie of hair in the 70s. Yeah. Um, that's not particularly well regarded, but they completely changed the plot. Fair To be fair, it's not well regarded by the people who like hair. Fair. I think it actually the reviews aren't bad, but it's but it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Like, you know, but that that's the that's yeah. the key distinction. Is even the people who wrote hair didn't like the movie because it has, it's yeah. nothing like the play. No. So like so in the in the play, Claude, like the main character, is just a hippie. He's been a hippie, he's, he's, a, he's a hippie. In the movie, he's like a guy from Oklahoma who's just a draftee. He's coming, he's going to war, and he's like spending a weekend in New York and meets all these hippies and so he's a completely different character the same thing of, of sheila who was also just a hippie she's an activist and a protester in the in the play but in the movie she's like a socialite and so there's this whole like thing where claude's into sheila and but she's a socialite but burger is basically the same mish guy but the other thing that's different is like he's just a draftee. So he goes to like Nevada or whatever in the second part of the what would be act, the second act. He go, you know, to like do his training to then wait to get shipped out to Vietnam. The crew or whatever go to Nevada to try and like see him. I don't know. It's not really clear. But anyway, he Berger like says he who's an, a hippie and an anti-war person says he's going to like get into the camp and replace Claude so that Claude can sneak out and see Sheila because they're in love or whatever. And, uh, and while that's happening, the, the group gets called up to Vietnam. Claude gets put on a plane. Nope. Burger gets put on a plane, <laughs> sent in Claude's place to Vietnam and he dies. So it's a whole, it's like this whole like person swapping situation that ha that isn't even like not, not part of the play. Yeah. Not it's like tale of, it's a tale of two cities ending is really yeah, what it is. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know why this was done. Like, I think they needed to add more plot to make a movie out of it. Um, yeah. So they did change some stuff. But why they did that, I don't totally get. I think that it distances itself from the point of the show in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. hair was very much for, you know, was for the culture. It was for the people. And then yeah. they waited so long to make that movie that by the time they do in 79, the movie kind of just makes fun of hippies. It's not really about yeah. the culture anymore, you know? No. And so no. that's, I think, why it got so much criticism from the people. But, yeah. you know, as a movie, it was fairly well regarded, like in its own, in critical senses. Uh, Gene, yeah. Gene Siskel said it was the best movie of the year, 1970. 
So some people really liked it. Yeah. Um, I do like the other part that I think is different and notable and changes the point is, is to your point, like they made fun of hippies, but also because because the main character Claude is not anti-war, he's not anti-Vietnam. It sort of balances the movie away from the protest musical that it feels like into right. like a both sidesy thing, which I I think dilutes what the play was originally. Right, but at least like there's a conflict to your point in the play. Yeah, yeah. Why does Claude go? It doesn't really make a lot of sense, like considering the way the show's set up. Yeah. So then in the movie to have it be like, well, he's not that much of a hippie. And then he gets embroiled in all this other yeah. stuff. It dramatically makes more sense, yeah. but it, it just thematically is so far away from what they were trying yeah. to do. And that's why the guy, yeah. the, the guys who wrote it weren't involved in the show, in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the weird thing about that movie is that was Milos Forman's follow-up to Cuckoo's Nest. Like, oh my God. Milos Forman only made a couple movies and his like second main English language movie after his Czech movies was Hair. That's like, crazy. He, his run of movies literally was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which won Best Picture, Hair, Ragtime, which was a, a well-regarded movie based yeah. on the book, and then Amadeus. Like that's oh my God. <laughs> that's his stretch. Those ten years, he makes those four movies. So, like, so there's a lot going on with that movie, but it did get a lot of criticism from people who liked the show. Yeah, um, and it did cut down on the songs. I think there's only twenty songs or something in the movie <laughs> compared <laughs> to the you, thirty-two songs. Uh, can you imagine going to see a movie that has twenty songs in it? That just Crazy. sounds like an insane number of songs. I mean, the songs are short. We we ran yeah. through the soundtrack. The original Broadway soundtrack has the thirty-two songs, and it's only like an hour and five minutes. So some <laughs> of those songs are like a minute long. Like yeah. they are, they rattle them off. But what I learned about the guys who wrote it going through the stuff, which I'll, I'm going to get to. I don't know if, if this is quite the right time, but they the other shows they wrote because they did try to write other shows after yeah. Hair are all crazy long. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was just something they did like you know i mean yeah i think there might be we were talking about this the other day about elvis or something where people who get too much success and then after a point they can't keep creating art anymore because they have yeah. too much money and they have no reason to do it these yeah. guys are the epitome of that with hair like they made so much <laughs> money on hair that like even writing other shows it was just like well we'll give it a shot but yeah. they were all insane <laughs> things that failed you know so the original run of the show it ran for 1700 performances ran for mm -hmm. a couple years yeah. Uh, again, I think the show was immediately dated as soon as it came out, so it wasn't going <laughs> to run deep into the seventies. That is a problem. It, it probably needed to like go away for a little while and come back as nostalgia before right. it could like could be a thing. But it also ran like concurrently globally, yeah. and I saw like it was seventeen hundred and fifty shows in on Broadway, but then it was like almost two thousand shows in London, which yeah. I think is so interesting because it's. I mean, I, I don't know that much about the experience of the Vietnam War and other countries but like that's such an american thing and right. like you know it seems it's crazy to me that 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 it would be that popular overseas and it was popular everywhere like hair is yeah. it was a weirdly popular show even though it does have this uniquely american feel yeah. but i think it is just that idea like the late 60s had that kind of cultural revolution everywhere you know yeah. in france and in in north africa and, and like all sorts of countries people rose up. So, I mean, I think that that part of the show resonated everywhere and, yeah. you know, they had people adapted and, and translated so that they, I think it could fit for other places, but it was weird that there were immediately shows all over and it wasn't just yeah. the New York show. Like they, they even had touring shows like the, the, the San Francisco show, I think opens like the following year, like really soon afterwards, where if you yeah. think like just to have, like, cause I think this is the frame of reference we have. After Hamilton opened, it took years for there to be a touring company or and then a, oh, yeah. another show anywhere. So, so like, you know, it, usually there is some time. 
So yeah. uh, it was odd how how quickly and how successful that it was. Yeah. Um, but it has been revived a couple times with varying degrees of success. The 2009 revival mm -hmm. was the one that was that really worked uh, and, yeah. and it won the Tony for best revival. Considering oh, wow. like the original hair was nominated for best musical, like it was popular, but yep. it wasn't like, you know, nominated for a bunch of stuff. It was nominated for like best musical and best directing. And it lost both of them to 1776. So oh. the ultra patriotic 1776. <laughs> so that must have been a hell of an award oh. ceremony. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it was like when um, what was it uh, when Black Klansman lost Best Picture to Green Book and Spike <laughs> Lee was pissed. And you're like, yeah, I get it. That totally. Yeah, makes no, sense. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that makes um, sense. So yeah, so there was that. The soundtrack has numerous uh, hits that were like popular hits. Oh yeah. You know, Aquarius was the record of the year Grammy for for the Fifth Dimension. Uh, the hair song, the the title hair yep. song, was a top five song for the Cowsills. Good Morning Starshine was the top five song. Easy to Be Hard yeah. by Three Dog Night was, I think, was number four. Um, and then Nina Simone's great version of uh, Ain't Got No was, was I think, a huge hit in England and yeah. is a staple of Nina Simone's greatest hits albums. So, and but it's you know that's funny because I think the song from Hair that I would have known before I saw it for the first time was Let the Sunshine In. Right? Was wasn't that a song? Well, Let the Sunshine In got packaged together with Aquarius by. Oh, that's right. It's, this, it's one that's song. That's right. Yes. Where in the show, yes. I think the finale does that in yes. the, of hair, yes. but in hair, they're they're separate songs for, yep. Yep. for that's par right. other parts of the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, but these were all hits. Like, and there's other songs that were recorded. They like yeah. they said at one point this was the most successful like Broadway score because it was covered by so many people that they were just constantly making money off. Yeah, of this. Like, people yeah. were doing it all. Like they were covering these songs constantly for a Broadway constantly. soundtrack. Yeah, um, and again, it was because it was this rock musical. Sure. Um, but there's also like the talk that how this didn't inspire a lot of other rock musicals. Like at the time, yeah. it must have felt like there's now going to be tons of rock musicals because this was yeah. such a big hit. And yeah. there's are there are other shows, but there's not as many as you would think. I mean, I feel maybe quantity. No, but like I feel like you can draw a straight line and I am no musical critic. So I'm going to I'm going to step way outside of my lane here. But I feel like you could draw a straight line from hair to superstar, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that no. is pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones that usually get mentioned. There's not a ton of 70s musicals that really yeah. fit with this. But but superstar and Godspell are basically yeah. right there. And again, Godspell's a lot like hair in very yeah. basic ways, like yeah. because it was a little free for me and improv -y and it had songs that were actual hits. I mean, so yeah. did Superstar, but Superstar is yeah. kind of an opera where yeah. uh, Godspell is a little more yeah, of a that's hippie play. Yep. Um, but there's only a couple. Like, there's really not too, too many that then weren't, like, created as something else. Things that get mentioned are, like, American Idiot, which wasn't oh, a Broadway yeah. show originally. Tommy yeah. wasn't a Broadway show originally. Yeah. So there are things that have rock songs, but there's not a ton of big musicals that you could really point to as a rock musical. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they all really exist around that time. I think it's kind of like when Hamilton came out and it seemed like, well, now all of a sudden, are we going to have a bunch of rap musicals? And how many have there been since then? <laughs> none. none. Like, they just, that, it's a one-off <laughs> thing. Like, you can't just keep yeah. trying to replicate that. There's not like, yeah. Six is a pretty rocking show. I don't know that I would call oh, it a rock yeah. show. But, but I mean, it's, that's a little more, a little more in the Hamilton vein, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. So it's different types of music. It's not just yeah. that standard Broadway pop music, but yeah. But I think that's interesting with hair is that it seems like if you were it's, if it's 1969 and this thing is this huge success, yeah, you know, wouldn't you have a bunch more of those? I don't know. So you would think, yeah, yeah. And maybe part of the problem was the controversy. 
Um, I mean, there were a lot of drugs. There was a lot of sex. There yeah. was the nudity. There was the whole anti-war thing. Like there's, uh, they were they were swinging for the fences. I would say. Yeah, and I mean, good for them. It really did affect actual change, not change that maybe necessarily was needed because there's not a ton of shows after that that have that problem. Nope. But some plays, yeah. to be sure, but not too many musicals. But sure. uh, it was a show that had a problem getting staged all over the world in in yeah. one way or another. It was fine in you know blue country but uh in indiana it constantly got uh, uh picketed and a lot of theaters were shut you know when they were trying to stage yeah. it uh the fire marshal in gladewater texas closed them down repeatedly uh the theater was bombed in cleveland uh a oh hotel was burned down and killed the stage manager of the show in boston the, the massachusetts supreme court ruled against the show when as opposed to its because of its nudity <laughs> And then that had to get oh rescinded by the, the appellate court. Um, there was a bomb threat in Australia. Like this was a, a the, the whole cast was arrested in Mexico. <laughs> like it was a show that had constant problems just oh getting staged. Just, and this was literally just First Amendment type stuff, like just trying to yeah. like, you know, just battle censorship. That's um, crazy. And so draw that line to yeah. today with, yeah. you know, like books in schools we're still yeah. talking about the same stuff like oh yeah you know, like that don't say gay bills and stuff you know yep. like yeah and this is stuff you know the that, i don't even know stuff. that hair meant to do like i don't even know that that was their intention because yeah. again i don't know what the guys who wrote it were really trying to do besides connecting to the culture and writing rock songs yeah you know i think they said the nudity component of it came out just because that they they oh what was it? oh they had seen two got two guys at a i think at a be in yeah like strip in protest and they were like oh that's a that's an idea of how you can protest and they put it in the show i don't think they were trying to like yeah. be i mean i don't know but like they were trying to be particularly controversial or do anything particularly like to draw any sort of attention yeah. but they were just trying to be true to it just, you know like yeah right just trying to stay right. accurate and so right like I, again kind of like two live crew i don't know that the point was to become this like lightning rod first amendment thing but it, I mean, hair did it in did. a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, you know, even though I wouldn't classify hair as one of my favorite musicals because that plot is nothing. Oh, no. Um, you know, it, it it meant a lot. It had a lot of really good songs. So yeah. there was a lot to it there. Okay. So, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to mention, just because, again, I, I don't want to be unfair. Like, the guys wrote the show and, you know, it's a huge success. It's hard to follow up huge success. A lot of people don't even bother. Yeah. They'll write one song or, you know, like Lynn hasn't written a show since Hamilton. Then what does he need to? You know, he's been doing yeah. stuff, you know? So so there's that. But these these guys did try to write other shows for the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. Some of them together and uh, some of them separately. But so Jerome Ragney, who was, I, I would say, more of an actor than Rado was. He was in the original, original production. He played Burger okay. in the off-Broadway show, and then also on Broadway. James Rado only played Claude on Broadway. He wasn't in it at first. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that, I don't even know if that's fair, but, like, he struck me as slightly more of an actor. He was he ha he was in one Agnes Varda movie in the early 70s, so, like, he did do some other stuff. Yeah. But neither and of I definitely know who Agnes Varda is. Definitely know who that she is. She was a great indie filmmaker, and in, in circles, she's huge, but... <laughs> Maybe popularly, she didn't direct Jaws, <laughs> so you know. Um, listeners, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Some listeners know who she is. <laughs> at, at us, it happened one year with the number one on Twitter. If you know who Agnes Varda is, so and if you do, you're you're gonna right now be like, oh, that's pretty. It's a pretty good deal, yeah, because it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, his other thing that he did in the early '70s was write a musical called Dude. 
<laughs> I think is wonderful. The oh, no. original, from what I could find about Dude, the original script was 2,000 pages long. Oh, my God. 2,000. It's too much. And it's too it much. It had 50 songs. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I can't find what it's about. Uh, I don't know. Oh. They did. I mean, they cut it down. <laughs> they did stage it at some point. And they had cut the script down to 200 pages, but that's still a huge script. Oh my God. What, okay. Uh, what do you think Dude was about? I mean, look at, again, I assume these guys didn't really change much after Hair. <laughs> so my guess is it's still basically the same thing. Probably a lot of dream sequences. I assume it's just like some dude and he's just like walking yeah. around, like doing good. He's like, like Kane and Kung Fu. He's just living he's his life. You just know? being and a dude. He's just being a dude. He's just out there walking, making it happen. He's meeting people. He's spreading love. <laughs> what more could you want? So the nice thing about calling it dude is you can really express a lot about the the musical through punctuation. Yeah. So was it like dude exclamation point? Like dude, or was it like dude like with a question mark? Yeah. <laughs> was or it dude, dude with a question quotes? mark and an exclamation point? Like Ooh. a dude. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope, I think there's a sound, I think there's a recording of the soundtrack of Dude somewhere. So I'd like to try to find that. But that's his big uh, solo project. Uh, James Rado also had a big solo project that did see a stage in New York at one point that I think ends up being called Rainbow and originally was called the Rainbow Rainbeam Radio Roadshow. <laughs> um, it also has 42 songs and it was revived a bunch of times over the years and every time it was revived they changed the title or changed some piece of it to the point that it then became like a de facto hair sequel and i think it was just because he was he wrote it and yeah you know they wanted to connect it to hair somehow so yeah and yeah. it's just like about a guy who came back from the war so like i think that was how sure. they managed to do that um together uh the creative team of hair also wrote a musical called sun s-u-n uh, that was also sometimes known as YMCA. And oh my God. Someone needed to help these people with titles because yeah. they are terrible. They're all bad. bad. I mean, uh, hair kind of works because yeah. like they care about their hair and like, okay, fine. I, I get it. Hair hair works. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them do not work. Maybe it was set at the YMCA and they had no other ideas. I don't know. But <laughs> it was three hours long and had 60 songs. I think there's a soundtrack album to Sun out there floating around. So if uh, we can find that, that would also be fun. The only other show I could find, I think, was also a collaboration between these two, and it has an incredible title. Uh, I, oh I, I mean, Dude is great. Yeah. Son is great. The Rainbow Rainbeam Radio Roadshow, great. <laughs> but they all pale in comparison to Jack Sound and his dog, Star, blowing his final trumpet on the Day of Doom. That's what it's called? That's the name of the show. Imagine that on a marquee. The marquee's a, a block and a half long. <laughs> Is there like a colon? Is it like part of it, colon, the rest of it? Or that's just, it's that's a sentence. I found there to be no other punk. There's not even a comma in there anywhere. Jack Sound and his dog Star blowing his final trumpet on the day of doom. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. It's too Guys, much. Guys, yeah, you can't like invite people to go see that show with you. It's hard. No. You, you know, you need no. concise, you know? No one's going to remember. I'm going to go see that, uh, I don't know, the one about the guy and his dog and, and the trumpet or something. I'm going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I like movies that have entire sentences as titles. I think that's yes. fun. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I, I still recognize that that would turn some people off. Like Dr. Strangelove can just exist as Dr. Strangelove. You kind of don't need the whole rest of yeah, it. Yeah. 
But there's yeah. also like, who is Harry Kellerman and why is he saying those terrible things about me? I think it's a great <laughs> title. It just goes on and on and on, you know? You know what? It's like I a Fiona Apple you... album. It just keeps going <laughs> with the title. Like, you know. I think we should create a challenge for you as a as a writer where we take sen- so Joe and I have this game that is supposed to be like Scrabble or something, but it's just words on dice and you have to roll the dice and then try and create a Scrabble board of sentences that just like the bar is low, like make sense, yeah. like have a noun, have a verb could be a sentence or a phrase or statement or whatever. Um, and some weird like phrases because you do weird stuff. Like the one that I remember is uh, foot here, the leg. Right. And that, and, and we tried to, I had to make the case. I don't even remember whose that was, but if it was mine, I had, we had to make the case like it's a it's a it's a declaration foot i want you to hear what's going on with my leg yeah. and so what i think we should do is take that game pick the craziest sentences that come out of it and make you write a musical about like that fits whatever that title is i think i could do it i yeah. i am a big fan of sentence titles and i think that that yeah. could that could really work um you know, I mean, at least it'd be a fun exercise. I, I exactly. think that's the only way to explain how the movie, if it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium came about. <laughs> that just seems like something you pulled out of a hat. <laughs> so, funny thing happened on the way to the form. It's it just, it's a big title that works. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's not quite what these two guys put together. So no. that's the rest of their career. I really, that's kind of a weird thing to end on. Cause I really, I think hair is very important and like, it's very, it's enjoyable. The soundtrack's We're fun. We're making fun of these dudes. Yeah. I feel like I've just dudes. run. Ran them all over here, like yeah. We I don't even I don't want to get out of here without mentioning that like this was also like a because it was such a sex positive show and such a you know that was part of the cult the revolution that there's yeah. a lot of like homosexual activity on in the play even oh, in the yeah. late sixties mm-hmm. and you did not see this in mainstream no. musicals like and so this was really knocking down these type of doors yeah and one of the the going stories with the way the show was written was that these guys were friends. And that Claude and Berger are sort of biographical. And Claude and Berger, yeah. like, kind of make out during that. Like, they're of this weird yeah. love triangle, but it's also like a, a, a threesome triangle in some ways. Yeah. And so later in life, uh, James Rado did say that, like, him and, and Jerome Ragney were like an item at some point during this. So, yeah. like, it all makes some sense, you know? But yeah. I don't want to not mention it because it actually, there wasn't a lot it's you really could really important. point to back yeah. then that was real mainstream like this and real popular that was trying to do something like that to try and yeah. to, you know get this stuff out so people can see it and it can become normalized yeah. even in the late 60 55 years ago so yeah you know. i mean the first uh lesbian wedding i don't know if it's the first gay wedding in general but the first lesbian wedding on tv was like 1994 that was 25 years later whatever yeah. it is so i mean that's really groundbreaking yeah I mean, there's not even a lot of underground indie type movies that there were there's yeah. some, but there's not many that covered stuff like that in the 60s. The 60s is just yeah. a little too early for that. Like it was just like you had to they had to get past the whole, you know, censorship sh- ship, uh, system in Hollywood, which w- yeah. was solid through until into the late 60s. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so the fact that they could do this on stage, it's it is really remarkable. So amazing. And interestingly, probably something that got cut in the movie. I don't know this to be for sure but given the way that they changed claude's character like they couldn't have had any sort of they they knew each other for days before right you know when the play happens they meet like they don't you know so they couldn't have had any pre-existing relationship right i don't know i i i I haven't seen the movie in a long time and i saw the movie way before i saw the play so yeah um i don't have great recollections of it i remember thinking it was kind of nonsense but i think that the movie kind of treats the play that way you know like it treats the whole thing as being almost frivolous and then has this heavy the heavy war thing as the plot where 
the play is about the war, but the play isn't just about the war. Like, yeah. It was yeah. about like the tone more. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't actually know if it's in there or not, but yeah. How do I don't know how do we go out on hair? Like I don't think singing any of those songs would work. No. They're all rock songs. None of us, neither, neither of us should sing any of those songs. Let's, let's be clear. No matter how much making me sing is an outro, we should not do it. This is not the time. Do you have, uh, no. do you have titles you enjoy that work as whole sentences? Is that something you've ever thought about? Uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. That's the best one. Perfect. That's a whole sentence. Uh, it there was is. a movie a couple years ago called Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. <laughs> Which was a pretty good, I saw a watch. It was a pretty that's good a movie. great title. Yeah, that was just the name of the movie. And I, I just think that's a fun thing. Like, just explain, you know, if you're going to explain the whole plot yeah. or at least a big piece of it just by, you know, yeah. who was Harry Kellerman anyway. So yeah. I think that there's something to that. But. Well, wasn't that uh, Anna Kendrick, Zach Efron movie, like Jack and Tim Need Wedding Dates or something? Oh, yeah. I, those aren't their names. I can't remember no. their names. But. It was like Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they, there's some that come along, but it's it's something that I think they get more and more away from because uh, it's a hard thing to fit on the uh, on the poster. I think they should make a movie and just call it, like, Batman and Superman Punch Bad Guys. <laughs> that could be the whole thing. I mean, it's accurate. Like, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> I don't know why the new Thor movie isn't, like, Thor and his sexy body fight that bald bad guy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they should call it. That's what they should have called it. Put that on the poster. Yeah. You know? uh... Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I don't. I, I don't have an it. outro. I have no ideas. Yeah. Uh, listeners, write to us. Tell us your favorite song from the Hair Musical that wasn't part of the original thirty-two. So we're gonna need you to go find this. This the what was it called? The inherent inherited disinherited disinherited. Yeah. That 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 album. We're gonna need you to go find that. Identify which songs are not part of the original 32. Listen to those remaining songs, uh, and then uh, we'll start pumping out polls on the Twitter page where you can vote. We'll do a tournament style. And then if you could, rank all 52 songs that apparently either were in hair or could have been in hair. Yes. Or, you know, try to come up with a playlist where it makes any sense as a plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we love an elaborate point system as to how you... So show your work. You yep. want to know how you got to the ranking and what you were awarding and, and how you weighted the different characteristics that you rated for each song. Right. Like the- Don't just put Aquarius at first and be lazy. No. Lazy. Come on, listeners. Yeah. Get I've always been together. partial to Three Dog Nights, easy to be hard. So I think that, uh, that could just work. So uh, I don't know why you had to berate the listeners like that. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. They're doing their best. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that we've covered hair extensively. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs) That was beautiful. This has been It Happened One Year. Please follow us on all the random social media sites that exist and rate us wherever you possibly can. That'd be great!